All right, everybody, welcome, welcome back to another edition. You've been waiting a long time for it, but here it is. It's BNB Sports Plus again, the podcast no one asked for, but the podcast that a lot of people listen to for some reason. Uh, at least that's what we're going to keep telling you. It's Brandon Mackey. Uh, I won't say my affiliations here because, again, I don't want to be associated with my co-host, Matt Bosty. How are we doing, brother? Hey, hey. not bad, not bad. Uh, sorry to anyone who thought there would be a schedule around this. A, it's COVID times, nothing happened for about a month, and I am not funny enough to make up my own content in an audio format. And B, uh, it's me. I just kind of wake up, and it's like, hey, Brandon, you want to do this? And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> or And that's after he's messaged like three times, like, hey, you want to record something this week? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I say nothing, and then it's like, oh, it's one in the morning, and I'm just playing video games. So uh, honestly, no hate honestly, to Brandon. It's all on me. Honestly, if you thought there was going to be a schedule, like that's on you. Like, you know, we're not, <laughs> I don't know why you would have thought that. I don't know what would have led you to believe that, but not our fault. But there's been a ton of hockey going on finally. It's been all quiet on the Western front for a while. I know this as someone who tries to generate a weekly hockey podcast, and it has been difficult at the best of times this year. But uh, I think the one thing you wanted to talk about, especially Bosty, is Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, yeah. Heart condition that uh, was he was recently diagnosed with is not going to be able to take to the ice. Uh, for the 2021 season uh, you're a goalie guy um, you know we we in Ottawa we've had our dealings with uh, stupid sexy lung fist more than one occasion but I think we usually all... won though that was yeah. the one thing the one thing that I think why I have no animosity to lung fist like I will have to like any other elite player like screw Crosby screw well actually I think who else? No, we've kind of just lost to a lot of mediocre players for a while. Too, and that's... Too on those penguins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screw the penguins. But it's like I'm thinking like Austin Matthews. It's like, no, nah, we've dunked on him enough. He's not that elite <laughs> in my mind. But uh Lugfist was real oh, I don't want to say heartbreaking because that feels a little bit in bad taste given his condition. But it's so close to him coming back, playing one season, maybe two seasons on Washington, who I think was a fantastic fit for him when he signed. He has the chance to actually get a cup out of that team. He'll be an insane mentor for one of the greats coming in with, uh, oh man, Samsonov. I always forget how to... They have that. too, yeah. Yeah, and Copley too, but I always remember they I always want to say Samsonov, like the old uh, Boston Bruins player, but it's Samsonov or something, something a little bit weirder. And then the fact that it's happening right now, like I, I don't know. I'm just putting myself in his shoes as someone who never competed on any like actual good level. But like if I if I couldn't play in a rec league from an injury it would heartbreak and i know that he probably worked all off season only to have this uh, rug pulled out from under him a week or two away from actually playing on the ice oh it's crappy yeah yeah it's it sucks i mean uh, you know like it's we talked about the relationship that we've had with him as sens fans and and you're right actually ottawa usually won in those cases even in what 2012 when the Rangers beat Ottawa in seven, Ottawa wasn't supposed to get a sniff in that series and they were winning it. They blew a three, two lead. <laughs> so, so, you know, like there's uh and then, and then obviously in 2017, the senators actually beat them in six games. So uh, yeah, that animosity doesn't exist among the fan base, but just as a fan of the sport, you hate to see this, but you, you especially hate to see it when it's one of the all time greats. That was one of the things I was really curious about from a from a storyline perspective was seeing how Lundqvist was going to perform on this on this new Washington team. He wasn't great last year for the Rangers, wasn't terrible, 
But, you know, the Rangers were clearly moving in a different direction with two young goaltenders. And Washington is in an interesting spot. Uh, they have two young goaltenders as well. But you also have a guy like Braden Holtby departing. And and now you've got a difficult decision to make. Um, so bringing Lundqvist in and maybe like, you know, even like a Craig Anderson capacity, uh, I think that would have been really fun to see. Uh, now you got to wonder if he's going to be back at all. You know, that's the thing. Like, what is he, 39 years old now? Like something like that, right? He's he's older. So, you know, you, you kind of thought this was maybe going to be his last ride in Washington. So now that he's missing this yeah. season, it's like, have we seen the last of Henrik Lundqvist? And if it's if it's a hard condition too, it's not like you can keep yourself in game-ready shape in yeah. that offseason or in recovery or rehab. You have to really kind of take it easy. The blessing is it was found before it ever got worse. We didn't mm-hmm. have uh, we didn't have a horrible situation uh, as I think it's only been about six years. Was it uh, Heverly? Yeah. Well, Jay yeah. Bomister just happened this oh, year yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah Bomister. Like those those things are just you never want to see that. No. You don't want to see yeah. injuries. You don't want to see stuff like that on the side of the ice. And oh, it's just it's unsettling that Bacchus game with uh, Sabaran last yeah. year too. Like that one's burned in my mind of that that eerie silence that happens in an arena, which actually I guess we can be used to because if we're going to be watching, it's going to be a pretty quiet arena. But when you watch a player go down like that and you can feel that kind of that tension bleed through your TV screens or your radio, uh, if, if you're still listening in the car or something yeah. like that, is just it's my least favorite part about the sport. Uh, so I am I'm very happy they found out before it got to anything, anything worse. But what a what a unceremonious way for Hank to maybe have played his last game. And it's not like he decided to hang it up in. Uh, New York either where no. it's like okay you know what I have another season but New York or die baby it's this kind of this weird like well you wanted to play for Washington you couldn't you're still a ranger of course but it's just weird and so not fair to Hank and that's yeah. that's the thing that gets me the whole way is like this is not at all how he deserved to go out like yeah he could have been garbage this season mm-hmm. he could have posted like a 0.85 or something like that and I think that I would have been more satisfied than him having to step away for a medical reason yeah, and, it, and it's tough because you're already talking about a guy who's going to be <clears throat> probably one of the more criminally underrated goaltenders that's ever going to go down in history. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been well documented how close they've come to winning the Stanley Cup on more than one occasion, and it's just it just hasn't happened for him. So, oh, man, and, you it's know, not like I, the Rangers were good when when they did well too. Like they were bad teams. They had a lot of no. talent, but it wasn't like the, uh, the penguins or Chicago where you had these star-studded rosters. Yeah. You, had, you had Derek Steppen yeah. as uh Stepan was one of your top line line players. And he's not bad by any means, but if he's helping your team get to the Stanley cup finals, you have to look up and down that lineup and thank every single person. Yeah. Well, the team that made the finals was a pretty good one. Um, it had Marty St. Louis, it had Rick Nash, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I think Nash was on that team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, you know, it's, but even still, you ran up against an LA team that was in their second final in three years. And the writing was kind of on the wall before that series even started. Like that, that was a good LA team. Uh, they were they were of their era in the sense that they were big and they were physical. And we saw those teams succeed for a few years. Like we saw Boston succeed with a similar mold, that mix of size and skill. L.A. won two cups in that mix. And then Chicago was obviously just Chicago. Uh, <laughs> Chicago was ridiculous for that period of five years. But, yeah, it's you never want to see a player go down like that, especially someone of Hank's caliber. But I think when all is said and done, he would agree that the more important thing is being healthy for his family and, 
and for his life after hockey, which, which is coming, um, whether it's this year, whether it's the year after or whatever that, you know, father time's undefeated. So I, I just hope <laughs> Hank can get back to a point where he's, where he's healthy enough again to, you know, exist in his normal life capacity rather than just hockey. Uh, and I think that is an unfortunate segue into another thing that we wanted to talk about. And that's the world juniors. Um, you know, I think it sucks. Like we're all really excited to watch this tournament, but for me, I have this kind of lingering feeling of I'm worried. Like I, I was of the opinion, even a month ago that I was not sure I wanted Tim Stutzler playing in this tournament, um, for injury reasons, but for COVID reasons as well. Uh, you know, you're looking at a team like, uh, Germany now who has 10 positive tests, eight players, two staff members, uh, Team Sweden has a bunch of positive tests as well. They've been struggling. No coaching staff, December. too. Yeah, that's, no that's the crazy staff. part to me. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things, like, I guess the question I should ask you, Bosti, is if it's up to you right now, are you shutting this tournament down or are you just going ahead with it? It's so tough. Uh, I think if if I could remove myself and look at it from a no-variable vacuum, you shut it down 100%. But you think about these players and how long have we heard oh they had a great world juniors so there's a part of me that thinks like if you do shut it down you're actually hurting these players so much for their development for their their blue chip prospects statuses and everything around that the fact that the ohl hasn't started the fact that the ahl might not exist like some of these players know this is their only time to put on a little bit of a show for these uh, for these GMs and make a future for themselves, whether it is a top pick or, okay, you know what? They had a good one. Maybe we will look at a undrafted player in the next couple of years, remembering they put in a couple of goals in, in the rounds there. But just from a health and safety aspect, it's hard. It's hard to think that this is going to go well. This isn't like the playoff bubble situation where they had they had the luxury of like a month of setup and Ottawa or uh, Toronto and Edmonton with those world class facilities. Well, world class after we heard kind of what came out from some of the players, but you can't deny that it it was effective. Yeah. No one got sick. the The playoffs were were actually really fun. I don't think they have the same sort of time frame and the the setup for these World Juniors and everyone's coming from everywhere yeah did you did you hear the story about uh was it gervante uh his plane no gervante's plane yeah gervante's plane i hadn't heard this no he's i can't remember who what other team uh the toilet blew up so robbie and i can't remember who he was sitting with they literally had to remove their or lift their shoes and put them on the seats behind them because the floor where they were sitting was covered with piss Oh. <laughs> so like can you imagine flying for four hours and, and like i don't like flying over the oceans anyways because they go on too long i don't like flying on. period yeah yeah <laughs> but can you imagine if there was a toilet that had overflowed oh. like that's the start it's like oh yeah here you go thanks for flying now enjoy quarantining for 14 days as soon as you land at the same time some of your friends are going to be sick and then you have to play some of the most competitive hockey you've played probably in the last 15 months yeah, well, you think of Team Germany and the quality that they're going to be, the quality of hockey that they're going to be playing. Like, factor this in. So, this is a team that is supposed to tar- start the tournament off with back to back games. They're supposed to play Finland on Christmas Day, and then they play Canada on Boxing Day. So, <laughs> like, like what, what situ- situation are we putting this team into here? Like, yep. you know, like you got a team that's going to be playing a really talented Finnish team, 
and then what may be the best team Canada on paper in the last few years. Like, oh, like, absurd. like you got, you've got NHLers on this team. Kirby Doc, <laughs> one of the best performers in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the time that Chicago was in last year. And now he's captaining Team Canada. You got Quentin Byfield, Dylan Cousins. Like, it's just ridiculous how good this team is on paper. And now you have a Germany team who, let's be honest, like they've lost the majority of their talented players. Uh, well, truly talented players anyway. Guys like Klaus Priest, guys like Moritz Seider aren't playing. Uh, so now it's you have Tim Stutzla and everybody else going against a good Finnish team with guys like Garventi and then a god tier Canada team. And then and and then <laughs> they're in quarantine until the twenty fourth. Like Yeah, they don't have time to practice. They're not gonna they're get to literally practice. going to get out of their rooms. Yeah, they're they're gonna get out of their rooms and they're gonna play sport. Six hours time zone difference for them. <laughs> Like it, it is, or more. I can't. It, no, no. Like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. eight hour time difference from where like, I'm sure they'll get used to it in their week of not leaving their house, uh, or I guess hotel room. Yeah. Uh, it's not that big of a deal, but still, it's just like I'm sure for Timmy, that's huge. He wants to play, of course. No player yeah. is going to say no. But I think about these players who are like some of the the squad that will only get eight minutes or all that. It's like, man, that sucks. Yeah. Like what a what a horrible horrible trip that you have to take. Well, especially for the guys that test positive, right? It's oh yeah, it's that's got to be such a scary thing. I remember I went and gotten tested back in August, and I wasn't positive, thankfully. But like that twenty four hours period ish where I was waiting for my results, that's scary, man. Like it's not a good feeling while you're waiting for those results, right? So oh, absolutely. So now well, you have. I, a- uh... I went. I had a, a dentist appointment, which was the first time I had been out of my house for more than an hour, I think. And then the next day, I felt like crap. Oh. But then I realized. I realized. I. I was like, oh, is it COVID? I'm like, no. I just walked for a half hour, probably for the first time in eight <laughs> months. Like my legs are just like, no, no, no. You can't do this. Like, be good to me. So yeah. then I, I'm feeling a lot better today, thankfully. But still, good, good. Like, but like that's that's me leaving the house. Going three blocks away to a dentist's office, and these players are having to. Tra- well, they're also in a hell of a better shape than I am. Like, they're, yeah, but... they're 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 not Matt Bossy chowing down on four rotisseries, you know. But no, still, but... it it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that this is uh, this is something that these players are having to travel across the world for. Yeah, but but to that point, think about a guy like Ridley Gregg, who you know who tested positive back in early November. Yep. That's a guy who's in young, healthy, in good shape, and he's still feeling it. And that's why Absolutely. he's not, and that's why he's not playing for Team Canada, right? So for these guys, especially guys that are pushing to make the NHL, like there's got to be some serious anxiety there about what the long term effects of this thing are going to be. So, oh, are you going to have any uh, any opt outs in January or for the for the NHL? I do. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. So. With the opt-out situation now, the, the NHL said it sounds like they're not going to be playing paying players at opt-out, which is brutal. Yeah. But the, with, with the option to toll their contract over to the next year, it's going to depend on a player-to-player basis. You know, There might be guys who just say, you know, I don't care either way. I'm not playing this year. You, know, you don't have to pay me, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but you might see guys who are fighting for a contract that are going to need to play this year. That's exactly it. And 
also in the NHL, how friggin' awful and toxic is a lot of the attitudes towards things. Like I remember Tucker Rask walking away. Yeah. The, the stuff that was being said online, it was deplorable. It was despicable. Like this, yeah. this person was dealing with a very new child. Like it, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You shouldn't be questioning someone's work ethic, their compete ethic, because no. they've determined this sport. Don't get me wrong. I freaking love this sport. This game and this sport is more important than the well-being of me and my family. That nah, that has to stop. That mentality has to stop. I don't think it will for a long time because hockey is dumb when it comes to a lot of things. But I'm thinking of these players who are the fourth line players, third line players who might have someone in their family who is really vulnerable, doesn't want to play, doesn't want to travel across the friggin' U.S., uh, who is going to be blacklisted. And that's that's the part that ab- absolutely sickens me. Well, even traveling across Canada right now, is yeah. crazy. it's a, it's a war zone, here, you know, like it's, we're, we're tracking for, I think, you know, I saw, I think it was Joe Cressy, who's, you know, a Toronto counselor and everything saying like, we're on track for a brutal January. It's like, good luck, you know, and now, <laughs> and now we have, uh, yeah. And now, and now you're asking these players to either put themselves at risk and put their families at risk. And for a 56 game season, or don't get paid. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, and I, I don't know, I think that's wrong. Um, you know, there are people who have different opinions on it, but um, if you, you can know, long LTIR pay. Yeah. If, yeah, people, exactly. Like if you think about that, they're LTIR paying people because they gave them bad contracts and they're burying that contract thing. Right. That you should be able to have uh, the ability to pay or it doesn't have to be all of it. it could be a partial something, not just a screw you. You don't yeah. want to play. You're getting nothing like, come on, like at least let them have serve. Yeah. Look at the, uh, the national women's hockey league. They were, they were able to pay their players for opting out. <laughs> yeah. So and they're and making it's... a hell of a lot less than the uh, NHL and the owners are not, they're not uh, Jacobs and, and uh, Madison square garden group. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Those pockets are not nearly as deep there, and they're still managing to treat their players like humans rather than the NHL who are treating their players like uh, like puppets. And it's yeah. really, really sad. Yeah, the NHL is a meat grinder at the best of times, but to, but to punish guys for not wanting to travel all over Hell's Half Acre during the worst global health crisis in 100 years, like that's just... I don't know. That that's somewhat unfathomable <laughs> to me. Maybe, maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe I maybe I wear rose colored glasses, but like, but but that's the way I feel about it. Uh, I, I guess it's a good time to move on to the NHL now, uh, yeah. since we've covered the World Juniors and everything. And you know, it's it's funny. I the last week has been a roller coaster ride. Like you know, we've gone from it's for sure sounding like we're gonna have a season to Canadian and a Canadian division to oh well maybe not. You know. Maybe Canadian teams will have to play in the U.S. Maybe we're not going to get a season at all. Around the same time, you have agents for players in the OHL telling them to prepare for the possibility of not playing this year. And now, last night, it comes in at, what was it, like 9 o'clock? That, that, <laughs> yeah, Friedman. Yeah, the Elliott Friedman. Friedman at like 9.15 or something stupid. Yeah, that, we have a, that they have a deal and that we're going to get hockey in 2020 or 2021, I should say. And... Uh, And what's interesting, too, is and this kind of trickled in later last night, is that of the five Canadian provinces that host an NHL team, four of them are on board with the NHL's plan and one is holding back. 
And I believe, and I'm going to blank on the name, but I believe it was a reporter out West who said that BC was the, was the province that was a little on the fence. Uh, I'm an idiot. This is well known, (laughs) but it strikes me that if we have four out of five provinces agreeing, then eventually that fifth one's going to come around. It's it's yeah, exactly. Well, and also all the bargaining power on the other four uh, provinces, if BC and it's their right, they're they're looking after whatever. Though BC's been kind of weird about a lot of stuff when it comes yeah. to the pandemic, they don't really have a good grasp. Then again, we're saying it. Well, you're you're sitting in the Toronto region. Which oh yeah, is like, stop it. We're but, doing uh, great. <laughs> but you you know what? If Quebec is on board, who are they're terrible? You could move the Canucks to Quebec City. Yeah. And to be a hundred percent honest. It would be, I think, better for the division itself Ooh. to move them there just because of the travel and everything yeah. around that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Vancouver is going to keep them there. And I want that for their players so that they can have their families. Me too. And everything around that. That's more important. But th- there's no way they're not going to find a way to make this Canadian division happen. When I first read that they were going to move it down, I was I, I was so annoyed not because i want this canadian division like i think it's going to be fun i've seen a couple of people on twitter being like make this forever and it's like no no, no. like uh, uh get out of here like i want to play everything i think this is great for covid hockey yeah i think that it's going to be uh, a fun storyline going here and i think that it was a very unique solution to this problem but go back to regular as soon as we can yeah you have to <laughs> I mean, you, you want Ottawa playing Toronto and Montreal eight times a year and oh. like every year and you're expecting to get, you know, the best grasp on who deserves to be winning and like, no, absolutely not. You know, and I think I think earlier in the week when they were floating the idea of either having the players in Canada play in a bubble or move <laughs> to the States, I'm like, yeah, right. Like, no way is that going to happen. Well, no can you way. Imagine? Can you imagine being told, oh, uh, you got to move to the States. You're going to be living in, like, I'm trying to think of where they would put it. Like, you could do Kansas City. They've, yeah. got, they've got the infrastructure there. I think Albuquerque has an actual okay-sized arena. But, like, can you imagine if you're like, hey, uh, Calgary, you're going to have to move you and your family to the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make some plans right now. Have fun. Goodbye. Like, yeah, it's like the NHLPA hey, but, is not going to be able to be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine for all the Canadian players. No, like, hey, but, is, hey, but, hey, but, hey, I know you just, I know you just had a newborn baby and you're, you're still kind of getting settled in a new city, but, uh, <laughs> pack up. You're going to Des Moines, Iowa for five months. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> give me a break. Like, there's no way that's happening. So, now, yeah. I would have loved it if it got real weird, though. If and it was like Ottawa had to play like I'm trying to think of who's like the funniest Western team. Like, who would be the weirdest team that we had to play eight times a year? It would probably be it would probably be Vancouver. Like, oh, I, I dig that for Canada, but I'm thinking like a weird U.S. One. Oh, like if, like if we had to play like Anaheim a whole bunch. Like, oh. I'm trying to think of these player these teams that I have like no strong opinion about. Like you don't Minnesota, have a strong opinion about Anaheim. Well, it's been 15 years or 13 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've I've made my peace with that, <laughs> and they're garbage. Like, they were good, sure. It's hard, but like they're they're bad. And I'm saying they're this bad. as an Ottawa fan. Like, it is it is hilarious how bad they can be. Like, they're they're just not fun. This okay. Now I'm jumping. We'll go. We'll circle back. But like, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you're saying this as an Ottawa fan. Like, your team's t- terrible. They're garbage. They're bad. There's a lot of a lot of holes all over the lineup, but we're really enjoyable to watch. Yes. And you look yes. at you look at 
you look at Minnesota, you look at uh, Anaheim, you even look at like no offense to Detroit, but they don't have the same sort of caliber that we have up and coming. Like that is hard hockey to watch where Ottawa it's like, yeah, Brady Kachuk's going to do something hilarious every game. Yeah. I'll be able to tweet Brady, my boy on Twitter and get 15 likes. And like for, it, uh, And for all the people who are critical of DJ Smith, would you rather watch the Guy Boucher coach teams? I would not. I would <laughs> the, not. You the, know. The, the Guy Boucher 2017 run was fantastic. Well, I'm not talking about that team. <laughs> the two seasons afterwards oh. were very difficult to stomach. There was no structure. Like, you know, I, I'm probably going to get a little bit of catharsis now because I didn't have my podcast when that when that team was when that team was playing. <laughs> But, oh, it was, you know, th- there was nothing. Like, the players were caught on video in an Uber by their own admission saying, yeah, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's like, we don't know what our systems are. We don't know, what, like, what our role is supposed to be. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I would love to have Guy Boucher back in some capacity where he didn't have final say. Yes. I think he is a, he is a genius when it comes to coaching uh, and an idiot when it comes to his stubbornness. I think that if you had him like saying, oh, because he, he revamped Boro. We talked about Boro a little bit before the podcast. Boro owes a lot of his success to Guy Boucher because yes. Boucher came in, saw Boro was doing too much at all, all time and told him, buddy, you're not bad. Hit them when they cross over, pass the puck up the center ice. And ever since that season, Boro has been in the top half of Ottawa defending for sure. Uh, and, and that's fantastic. And that's a great voice to have. The problem was he was also like, and we need seven defensemen. And we even though Gabriel we don't Dumont and... <laughs> yeah, we need Dumont. Well, uh, we uh, Mr. Worldwide, uh, D Domenico, who I, I kind of miss Tom Pyatt, who had fallen off a cliff after that 2017 run. And just, you know, let's be honest, like, you know, I don't want to brag on anybody because I'm sure those guys are all good dudes. And I had a blast watching that 2017 team. But oh, Tom yeah. Pyatt didn't have it anymore going nope. into 2017-18. Uh, John, they brought in Johnny Oduya. Didn't have it anymore. Uh, you know, so and, and another thing that Guy Boucher did, did that worked really well, paid off in spades, was Bobby Ryan power forward. Yep. You know, Bobby Ryan, like if like let's say the Senators make the Stanley Cup final and and then they win it in that year. If you're not talking about Eric Carlson playing off the planet <laughs> hockey and Craig, oh, yeah. Ander- and Craig Anderson posting a 920 save percentage. You're looking at like Bobby Ryan as a con Smythe guy, like two, oh, a- two overtime yeah. winners, you know, like, uh, Oh, Bobby Ryan was out of this world there, which is why I'm excited to see him this year is can he mm-hmm. get a little bit more of that back? It, that kind of attitude, a new area or a new part of the, Going into a new system, I think that he can kind of redevelop his game. He doesn't have the baggage that was around in Ottawa. It sounds like they targeted Bobby Ryan for a reason, and Iserman is real smart. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, you think about that. Bobby Ryan was our third best player. Easy. Yeah. First was really good, too. Uh, of course, Mark Stone. Well, Mark Stone had injury issues. Yeah, well, that. he was starting to heat up by the end, right? Like, yeah. he scored He scored in Game 7 against Pittsburgh. He had a few goals in that series, if I'm not mistaken. He was he was really starting to get healthy again, I think, and like that's another reason why Ottawa obviously would have won the cup that year. Like, oh, yeah. like you're getting a healthy Mark Stone, you're getting Carlson's playing Carl like Carlson Anderson out of his mind. I will die on this hill. Ottawa was closer to the Stanley Cup in 2017 than 2007 by oh, definitely miles by miles. We had no business against Anaheim, uh, and we were one goal away. 
Or, you know what, you don't chase uh, Fleury out as bad in that one game yeah. and Matt Murray coming in lights out for, for a couple of games and yeah. you have that. I think in I think in 07, Ottawa if Detroit somehow beats Anaheim then Ottawa rolls Detroit like it's oh, yeah. not, like not even close you know no, Ottawa no. probably wins that one in five or six but Anaheim was just too big too physical too well coached you know Randy oh, Carlisle yeah. Randy Carlisle gets a lot of flack but he was the perfect coach for that era and for that type of team like that that was that was a team of destiny that Anaheim team it, it <laughs> like, was built and. It was built by quite a good uh, architect who unfortunately didn't get his name on the cup with uh, Brian Murray. He knew exactly what kind of team yes. could win out West, and it was the best of the West. Uh, and it, I don't think there was a single East team in 2007 who could have uh, handled Anaheim. Oh, the, no. the power out of them, and then you, <laughs> I freaking... Uh, uh, maybe I do have a little bit of a little bit of hate left in my heart for Anaheim now that now that I'm reliving it. Well, if you remember City Hall watching us lose in the rain. Ugh. Well, if you remember, even when <laughs> Ottawa went into Buffalo for the conference final, everybody thought that was going to be like a tough series because Buffalo had been really good that season. They they had, had kind of had each other's number a little bit through most of the year. They were pretty close. There's a lot of like six five games and stuff like that. And then Ottawa just smashes Buffalo. Like <laughs> like Ottawa was. Yeah, Ottawa was one fluky goal away from from sweeping them for the yep. you know like it was ridiculous like oh, that, that Ottawa team was on a mission and then you just run into a wall with that Anaheim team. What is it about Ottawa where we have teams that finally kind of get to the success and then the next season it is just drama that that's blows true. Up a good yeah. Team. yeah, it's a ten both both times both times it was a core team or a team with a very strong core, very elite core that absolutely blew up six months later. I remember going into that 07-08 year. I was really young, but that was like my favorite. Uh, and Ottawa had just become my favorite team and everything. And I got a copy of Send or Sports Illustrated at school for some reason. And uh, there was an NHL season preview. And there's a picture of Volchenkov celebrating his game five goal. I think it was the one that Fisher or game four goal. I think it was one that or game three. Jeez, man, what's wrong with me today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, How dare you not remember the exact honestly, right? game from 13 <laughs> years ago? Oh, I think it was I think it was the one Fisher deflected and got credit for. But uh, but yeah. And the headline was Sen's going to win it all in in 2008 or whatever. And and they had. uh yeah, and they had even predicted Ottawa and Detroit in the final, which yep. it was projecting to be because those are the top teams in the conferences. There was even the game in January that Ottawa played Detroit, and I remember because it was like a big Stanley Cup final preview. It was Hockey Night in Canada, and Ottawa ended up winning. And it oh, was I, like, I think I remember that exact one. Yeah, there was so much hype around that game, and it was a good, good game. Yeah. And then after that, I think the Sens lost like 15 of the next 20 games. Yeah. Uh, was that John Paddock? Was it was coach. Paddock, yeah. Yeah. And then he I got remember, fired. Well, yeah, he was on like a 10-game losing streak, and he was the coach on the All-Star team because whoever had the best record in the East at that time got to be the coach, yeah. and the Sens were imploding. And I remember just being like, he must hate this right now. Having to go do some stupid coaching crap, knowing his team back home is like Falling absolutely. Apart. Yeah, and that was the season I think we lost first round against Pittsburgh. Sweet. and. Almost. I think we won one game. No, that one was a sweep. That was a sweep. There was another time where we barely, like, barely made the playoffs. We went down 0-3, and I remember it because my dad had a article uh, queued up 
for for the for the paper where all about people who decorated their cars and sense gear like the super over the top one but he was like if they can't even win a friggin' game i'm gonna have to go back into the office and redo all of my layouts and we barely won game four it was like yeah. this stupid game it's like at least i don't have to go and do more work right now or something like that well, well you know what was crazy about that was well that year it was goaltending because ray emery like went off the deep end that year yeah and then like you know i think that was that was the year he showed up to practice on like a snowmobile and he was late it was like <laughs> you know like it was just weird stuff happened and then the last game of the year um people forget this they put they're playing the leafs in toronto toronto's out uh mark bell uh, i'm pretty sure this was this year um it might have been a few years later but mark bell runs daniel alfredson with an elbow to the head yeah and then and then throws a knee at mike fisher uh so alfredson doesn't return yeah it was this year so alfredson doesn't come back till game three and he's clearly not healthy and fisher missed the whole series so and i remember you know i'm a big mike fisher guy he's like my favorite player and uh I remember in that uh, in the post game interview, that was like the one time Mike Fisher was ever mad in a post game interview because uh, he was getting asked about Mark Bell, and all I remember him saying was, "I don't remember most of it," but he was saying, "And you know, he's out there wearing a bird cage, so that's so that's not cool." Because Bell was wearing the face cage. Right? <laughs> I, no, I, I, well, yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's like never be a dick, like in mm. hockey, like come on, don't go for injury like that but it's the players that uh that go and do those those plays when they they'll never back it up uh, the cooks the uh the dirty dirty players like that that just hurt they, they real piss me off like tom wilson's a piece of crap uh but at least he'll he'll answer for his deeds he's yeah, not he's talented other you know players I mean? yeah exactly no oh yeah that's the other thing it's like Marshawn. it's hard to like it's hard to like the player if you're on the other team but you're going to respect them because they'll also yeah. 85 freaking points in a season uh it's, we got Brady. That's the big thing. Is like I know I can't ever run that hard of a line because we have Brady Kachuk who's going to be doing this to, for the next fifteen years, and that's fantastic. Yeah, man, I can't believe we just relived like the whole two thousand eight season. It's just pain, man. <laughs> Out of nowhere, like it's just pain. But yeah, and then yeah. and then the yeah they had the best start in franchise history that year. Yep. Oh, and it was. Then, it- it was so good. Gonna, they were going to win the cup. Like you know, you're looking at them like like Tampa last year uh when they were like running the league they they looked at the beginning of the year like ottawa did that year like ottawa there was nobody even close like i think they won nine out of their first 10 or something stupid like that it was insane like, oh and they and they weren't like oh yeah three one wins two one wins no. they were like five nothing or like seven two like they were just firepower yeah. on firepower on firepower and you know who their goalie was for most of those games it was martin gerber yeah, the Gerber baby. He never looked great in an Ottawa uniform, but his numbers weren't bad. I remember looking up like a few months back. I was like, oh, Martin Gerber, he was garbage, right? I was like, oh, that, that really wasn't bad. Then he played for Toronto like an idiot. Yeah, he had a he had a good start, and then the wheels fell off like, yep. like the rest of the team. And I think he took a puck off the head in Buffalo, too, if I'm not mistaken. He took a slap shot off the head that hurt him. Uh, but, yeah, they called him Darth Gerber that year because he had the black <laughs> – yeah, the ba- black helmet, right? Like the matte black. Oh, yeah, man, he that- put he put up a nine ten uh, save percentage in Ottawa, two uh, two point seven uh, goals against, and won thirty games. And I was I remember reading that because in my mind I was like, oh, he wasn't he wasn't great. Oh no, that was oh seven oh eight. 
no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, Martin Gerber was never good in auto. I'm like, those are crazy numbers. But like, yeah, but then <laughs> then you remember that he won most of those games in the, <laughs> the first half of the year. Exactly. Exactly. That was just November, December. Yeah. What, what were Emery's numbers that year? Let me look that up. Yeah, I re- I remember that. Well, Ray Emery was coming off that huge hand injury too. That's right. That yeah. was the big thing. He he tore a ligament and played uh, way too many games. Uh, oh, so oh, yeah, Emery, thirty-one games, uh, three point one uh, goals against and or uh, yeah, goals against and point eight nine save percentage, twelve wins, thirteen losses. I was there for one of his twelve wins that year. That was my first. Hey, there you game. go. That was one of my first. That was my first Sens game ever. Who was uh, who was it against? Boston. So, so they, I've told this story before, but they, so they were playing the Bruins. It was November 2nd, 2007, I believe. So, you know, Fisher being my favorite player, he scores the first goal of the game and it ends up, I think it was his 200. Yeah. It was his 200 oh, point. Nice. Uh, and then, and then Boston scored to take a two and they ended up taking a two, one lead. I think Chuck Kobasu had two goals. And <laughs> in the second period, I was sitting like about halfway up the glass, um, so the Boston net's like here and I'm like, you know, to the left of the Boston net. And I was right there for a textbook Danny Heatley one-timer power play goal. <laughs> Never even saw it. You know, Wade Redden with this gorgeous cross-ice pass and Heatley, you know, lets loose with this shot. And all I heard was the ping of the post. Like it, oh, was, it, was, it was just... And there was a special sound that Heatley slappers oh, made against God. the post. It was this hollow metal that would ring out. Like you could hear it two blocks away from the... Uh, w- what would it have been called then? That wasn't the CTC. Was it Scotia, Scotia Bank, Bank Place? Place. Yeah. yeah, you could hear two blocks from Scotia Bank Place. That uh, those those rings. Yeah, I would have never, you know, like oh, I'll never forget that sound. But then in the third, late in the third, Fisher scores his second of the game, ends up being the game winner, and I, I <laughs> and after the game, I got to meet him and a bunch of the other guys. Like oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Felino, Redden, Spezza, Neil. Is that I old? Think that was it. Yeah. Oh, I now feel super old because yeah. I remember when we drafted Felino and I read up all about, <laughs> all about everything. You know what? I remember when you drafted Felino too because he was my cousin's teammate for Sudbury. Yeah, exactly. So, the Wolves, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with his dad coaching, right? Yep, Mike Felino yeah. was the coach, yeah. yeah. Mike Felino at the time. Yeah. Nick's, Nick's oh. always been a really nice guy. I got to meet him a bunch of times when he was playing for Sudbury and like just class act, great family. Well, like he might have one of the most anomaly seasons in NHL history when he point put up a point per game in Columbus that one season. That's, just right. that's not Nick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy, but he, it couldn't have happened to a nicer dude. Like there's no. a reason why he's a captain on a team that had some pretty high star power and some pretty big names as captains. There's a reason why he's that no one dislikes Nick Felino. No, even in Ottawa, he was always awesome. Like, yeah. like when they traded him from a thought, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is a guy they need, like in yeah. in Mathot, but it sucks that they had to give up Felino. And it it was one, yeah, exactly. It was one of those rare trades where you're just like, this was perfect for both teams. They targeted who they needed, but damn, <laughs> yeah. you were you were a lot of fun, Nick. I'll remember his little jump on his first goal, the Mike Felino hog against Montreal. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, looking up uh, Emery though, what? Do you know what team was his very last team he ever played a game for? His very internationally, last international, of course. Internationally. So, is it an NHL team? No, 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 no. Like it's it's a uh, it's it's an IIHL team. IIHL. No, no. Well, it's uh, I don't want to say it's 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 a European team. I don't want to give you too many hints because there's really if I told you the league, there's only one that you would guess. 
I don't know. Or was it? Uh, was it? For, it wasn't for Lunda, was it? No, it's Adler Mannheim. Oh, that's I know. Right. Which it just surprised me. It, he was not great. Mm-hmm. He played. Uh, I think he got put in relief in a playoff game where his goals against ended at eight point five with Ooh. a save percentage of 0.67. Well, do you remember when he was playing in the KHL after he left Ottawa? And do you remember the video of, of the trainer trying to put the hat on his head? So he got, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. He got yanked from the game. For those of you who don't know, he got pulled and he was pissed. And you could <laughs> see by looking at him, he was not in a good mood. And Ray Emery's not a guy you want to mess around with. You know, no. was God rest his soul, obviously. Yeah. Then uh, so the trainer keeps trying to give him the hat, and Emery keeps waving him off. He's like, "No, I don't want the hat." So finally, he goes to put the hat on Razor's head. Razor throws the hat off and chases the guy down the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he have to wear a hat? Yeah, it I think must have been some like branding or something. Yeah, yeah it just. Do you imagine hilarious. if Ray Emery had got his hands on him? <laughs> oh. His numbers that season in uh, in Russia were great too, nine two six and two point one, and then his uh, he played seven playoff games with a point nine four one and a goals against of one point eight. Was that before or after he went to Philadelphia? Because I think it was after. Uh, right, right before, right before, right before he went yeah. to Philly, right after, yeah, and he was good in Philly too. Yeah, and then he won a cup with Chicago, and was it Anaheim after that that he ended up? No, in? he played Anaheim in the middle. Oh, right, right, one. yeah, yeah, he just for for a little bit. All right, yeah. yeah. What a good, weird, good for Ray. Good what for a Ray. weird career. But I mean, a guy yeah. who in his prime was like that playoff run. He was unbelievable. Some of the oh. saves he made like were just absurd. Like those cross crease glove saves, and he had no business, no business being as good as he was for for a lot of that. No, especially after the year he had bef- the year before when he was kind of the goat, the scapegoat after they lost to Buffalo, right? Like. You know, he got, and in fairness to him, he got thrown into a situation that he was not ready for uh, no. in that playoff run. You, get like, <laughs> you know, Hashik not playing, and Brian Murray always maintained that he thought Hashik could play, and he was disappointed that Hashik didn't play. <laughs> and then, then Hashik won the cup next year as a backup, but in Detroit. Two years later. He, was it two years later? I thought it was oh, the next year. Oh, wait. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah, because of. We were there, yeah. but I will. I always think of the fact that he really wanted to resign with Ottawa for a league minimum, where all of his money was gated only in a bonus if they won the cup. And I was just like, "No, do it, do it, yeah, do that." that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's. Who knows? Maybe my mind has misremembered, but that was reported on back 14 years ago. Oh, was he? He wanted to come back, prove himself in a way where everything was gated by a cup. Yeah. Hashik was Hashik was a little before my time, so. Oh, uh, he was. He was. I remember. I very much remember the morning reading that we signed him and being elated because for a decade he had terrorized us on the Sabers. <laughs> so, uh, I will maintain that the Ottawa Buffalo rivalry for that decade is better than the Ottawa Toronto rivalry has ever been. Yes. Yeah. Oh. If, it was amazing. Those players hated each other so much. Like we'd still, there's a lot of sense Toronto hate, but they were all just like meathead Ty Domi and yeah. stuff like that. That was just spurring it on. Like it in Ottawa, it was Jason Spezza was, was fighting people and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it was the brawl game too, that, that yep. did it right. Like when Chris Drury decapitate or Chris Neal decapitated Chris Drury, which was but with a hit even that was before would... that back. I'm going before your time. Like yeah, for, yeah. I'm talking like 2001. There was some. Uh, well, they had a couple playoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah. First, they won ever. Went to seven games. 
then there was a playoff series where Hasek was injured, and I remember being like, oh, we're going to coast to it. And out of nowhere, Steve Shields, <laughs> friggin' Steve Shields was lights out for one se- series and then just lost it all. That's the friggin most Steve thing Shields. Ever. Oh, I'm mad. Get out of here, Steve Shields. <laughs> God. I remember because like I was too young to stay up for games at this point, but I remember waking up and my mom was telling me about the brawl game they had in Buffalo in <laughs> 07. And and I watched and I watched the highlights on Sports Center and I was so hyped. I was mad that they lost. But I remember that they played again, I think it was either the next night or two nights later in Ottawa. And uh and uh Ottawa was wearing the black Senegoth and it was like, it was like the most watched game because of what had just happened. And like they had, I'm pretty sure they had like the best, the league's best officiating crew on the game. Cause they're like, <laughs> I'm sure uh, Batman was in the, uh, in the crowd as well. Oh, as yeah. he normally does. Yeah. Cause they're like, cause like we know these teams want to kill each other right now. And then, and then Ottawa um, won six, five by the same score. And uh, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but I got a funny story to tell. <laughs> so that spring, uh, we took a family vacation to Florida. So I watched most of the second round series against the devils uh, in that in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and so that one was fun. But any, in any case, I remember when we were going to Florida, we were at the airport in Buffalo because we drove to Toronto and then in Buffalo. And yeah, yeah, Florida. Yeah. So much cheaper. Yeah. And then I, I was wearing my sense hat the whole time one that I eventually got signed by all the players, but uh, <laughs> some guy tasked me on little eight year old me on the shoulder in the airport. And he goes, you're an Ottawa fan. And he points himself. He goes, he goes, I'm a Buffalo fan. And I can't go. Ugh. And he goes, we'll <laughs> see you next round. When, when Ottawa, when Buffalo is done with the Rangers and Ottawa's done with New Jersey, he's like, we'll see. <laughs> and I always remember that guy. Cause then we get into the conference final and then Ottawa just smacks Buffalo, just wipes the floor <laughs> with them. And I was thinking about him too. I was like, ah, gotcha. yeah, it's like, I, I hope you're thinking about me. You jerk. No, but that's the best part. Like, and that's, that's what I really miss about us not being a good team for the last like five or six years is it's hard for us to, to have those fun interactions. Like Twitter's made it real easy. And there's a couple yeah. of people on there that it's fun to chirp back and forth. Like I'll say road guys, the only good Leafs fan, but he's great. He, re- he really is like, you know what? Like there are times where I lose and he'll chirp me pretty hard. And then there's times where, where the Sens win. And I, instead of me being smart, I am just like Austin Matthews sucks. He's moving to Arizona because his uncle is my agent or some dumb <laughs> stuff like that. And I'll just go along with it. And it's, I, I really appreciate it. Like that sort of yeah. dumb banter. He's is funny, what I man. miss. Like- oh yeah. He's yeah. He's funny. He's smart. He's not like a Leafs fan, which is the weirdest part. Like he should just jump over to Ottawa, like anyone really? who has I think half he is a, a brain fan in secret. Well, like that's just it. Like he lives close enough to the Leafs. It's just like osmosis. Like you know what? Move from from wherever you are to like Barhaven or something like that, and you'll 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 make the right choice, Colin. Come on. Man, this has been a great trip down memory lane, as well as covering some breaking news. Yeah. I think we've done our due due diligence. So we really got off the rails there with some uh, some nostalgia and a deep dive into Martin Gerber's history. That's what it's I'll all take about, it. man. I'll take it. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Merry Christmas and all that. Yeah, Happy- absolutely. Stay safe out there. You too. And uh, do you want to plug your socials for any new listeners that we might have for some reason? I, I can't imagine. Like, there's there's no way someone would just stumble upon this. It's only but... Joe listening to this. <laughs> Let's go! Uh, at, at Matt Bosty uh, on Twitter. Uh, same for TikTok. 
Oh man, I gotta follow I, I, you on TikTok. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Those sites scare me. Those sites make me feel old. Okay, I know. Sorry, me. Oh, and me. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I've got like a decade on you. Yeah. Uh, but like Snapchat, when Snapchat was cool, I was just like, what do I do with this? Like, <laughs> I, I looked through it. It's like snaps. I'm like, here, here's a chair. Like, I, I don't know. It just went completely over my head. Like my my vines were just like people sitting in a food court in a mall. I'm like, is this funny? <laughs> I don't know. So like. I it, oh, right. man, it's we we like bring back MySpace, YTMND. That was my shit. Get out of here, you kids. Do some research about the internet and then come to me. Thanks. At Brandon Mackey underscore on Twitter and TikTok. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great holiday. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And who knows if we don't get shut down, which we probably should be, we'll be coming back at you with a new episode soon. Take care, everybody. <laughs>